Strap yourself in because we're set up, switched on, and ready to go. Starting loud and clear. Clear, clear, clear. The clock has started. The clock has started. episode of our podcast. Today we are going to interview some of the greatest and most influential minds in our field. By sharing our collective expertise, we will show you how to harness, control, and use your own skill set to achieve ultimate success and live the life you want. And now, please welcome your host. Welcome to this week's Smallest Cast podcast. This podcast is designed for small government contractors, service providers, and manufacturers as part of the government contractor ecosystem, connecting people, organizations, and resources. I'm your host, Just Nate, and this week we've got DK here. DK, welcome. Thank you very much, Nate. And we are in-house uh, today again, obviously. You, well, we've been in-house for like months, so um, no fear for us. Whatever happened to no at fear? At the Smalls Recording Studio. I should, uh, I should get some of those stickers again. No fear stickers. Remember that? The whole clothing line? I kind of miss it. Anyway. I digress. Uh, in studio with us today, we have the executive director of the Space ISAC, Miss Erin Miller. Welcome, Erin. Hey, Nate. Thanks for having me. So where I was earlier with Miller, you see my big fat Greek wedding? It's like one of my favorite Dude, movies. you said that like 10 times in this podcast. Portocolis and Miller. Apples you, you, and oranges. <sighs> Seriously? I should tell you my maiden name. What's that? Kamel. Camel. What can you do with that one? I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that, you know, we're, we're now heard in over 40 plus different states, over 14 different countries. Yes. I'm guessing Greece is not one of them because of him. Maybe now. Probably. Yeah, now. <laughs> yeah, probably. They're like, who is this idiot? That what, is, what is it again? Camel. It means bumblebee. Camel. What language? Uh, Polish, probably. Camel. Ah. Yeah. Slaughter. Is one of my some background, so Polish and Norwegian. Nice. So, there you go. And then bunch the of Europeans side. over here. That's right. Okay. All so right. Aaron, <laughs> tell us. Uh, let's you know. Let's start off acronyms. This is acronym central. We try not to use too many acronyms, and if we do, we ask people to spell them out. So space ISAC. What is ISAC? ISAC is Information Sharing and Analysis Center, and there's a lot of them. Okay. Yeah, talk about ISACs real quick, because he, I think I was talking to you, right? You didn't know what the ISACs all were. Shh. Yeah, most, pe most people don't know, so don't feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> There's about 30 ISACs, and they started in 1998. So the COM ISAC is one of the originals. There's an IT ISAC, financial services ISAC. Energy. Energy, aviation, automotive. So everything that you think of as a critical infrastructure that's required for us to live, then we've got to have an ISAC for it. That's the bottom line. So now we have space. So is it a professional organization? What is it? Yeah, they're all membership organizations with uh, companies and other organizations like nonprofits, universities. So it's not kind government. of like, it's not like an IEEE or it's not no, like a member organization like that. It's not a trade association. It's really for the purpose of information sharing, just like the name says. So information sharing and analysis. 
And so we're doing threat sharing and we provide alerts, notices, incidents of compromise. That's what they all do. And it's really centered around cybersecurity threats to those different sectors. So everything that's designated as a critical infrastructure has, we have to be alert and aware of what the cybersecurity threats and risks are to those sectors. And so Space ISAC is the newest of the group. We, we might not be the newest anymore, oh. but we definitely were the newest last year. Who's the newest? Uh, well, there's a K through 12 ISAC that stood up. It's pretty interesting. Oh. I think absolutely necessary as well because K through 12 schools need to be aware yeah. of cybersecurity threats for sure. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So I think they might be a little newer than us. Dennis schools now have computers. I know they didn't when you were going through school. Oh, These rocks. And are... iPads. Tablets. Yeah. <laughs> Chisel away. And remarkables. Yeah. They have everything in schools. <laughs> what did you just say? A remarkable. Oh, she was excited about your remarkable. She saw that. Uh, have you heard of him before? Or is he just I have yet? one. You do? Yes. You're Rev 2 or Rev 1? Uh, I think it might be 2. This one. I just that. got it last year. Like yeah. Christmas. Okay. They're awesome. I ordered mine like in March and I got it like October. All right. So <laughs> now I'm with two geeks. Okay. <laughs> now remarkable you need needs to, to sponsor your podcast. <laughs> there you go. I need to get them on, right? Yes. So so tell us about tell us about the ISAC. I know you guys are doing a lot of work here in Colorado Springs. Um, so kind of tell us, uh, Aaron, what's happening right now with you guys? We are planning for. Uh, well, let me back up a little yeah. bit. So. What's happening now is we uh, just declared IOC in February. So our initial operating capability, we achieved that. We declared it publicly because we have a threat intel platform. We have a member sharing portal. We have all of our members onboarded into that. So we have over 100 users. And we're maturing what we call our intel operations team. So intel operations team is the group that works directly with the members to share threats back and forth and the alerts and notices and incidents that I talked about earlier. And we're moving towards or in the direction of being able to have a watch center. So that's what our Colorado Springs presence is all about, is that our headquarters for Space ISAC is here. And we're co-located with National Cybersecurity Center, uh, University of Colorado, Colorado Springs, and uh, the cybersecurity program that UCCS runs. Uh, will be based in the facility as well. So it's not just any old part of, of Colorado, of, sorry, UCCS. It is actually their the cybersecurity cyber program. All their students will go to this building and visit the Space ISAC headquarters at some point. And then we have exponential impact in the building with us as well. They're a high-tech accelerator. And the, um, you, your building or you already have built out, the, you said you're building the Ops Center. That'll, that'll be there to monitor the global network, basically, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the Watch Center will have analysts from our member companies, and we're inviting the public sector to join uh, so they can put analysts in the Watch Center as well. And it is connected globally since our uh, scope is uh, protecting global space. So the global space sector has members, and therefore they're members who are accessing our Watch Center and receiving the alerts. We have companies that are from Norway, Luxembourg, France, Japan, and that's it so far. But we're continuing to talk to companies that are uh, all across the world and looking for them to join the membership base. Okay, so time on, hold on. So is this part of the a, a military branch? Well, I mean, how, how do you act in this? Everything you've talked about right now essentially requires a TS clearance to oh, talk about. That's where discuss. I was going. That's where I was going yeah. next. 
Uh, you wish it did, right? But it doesn't <laughs> because it's all unclassified. So that's why it's about uh, critical infrastructure and not about like military space systems because we're talking about space systems that are being used for purposes that impact everyday humans. Commercial. Yes. So okay. it's commercial, international, IC, and defense. There is, yeah, I was going to say, there is military presence to this because obviously they're part of this infrastructure. So they're part of this. So can you say who yeah. your mm -hmm. military customers are or your military members are? Yeah, they're not members. They're partners. Okay. So um, all ISACs are public-private partnerships. They all have a public sector component. So we have 18 plus agencies that have space as part of their mission right now. And so Space ISAC is going to be partnered with a significant number of them. So we're partnering with U.S. Space Command, of course, U.S. Space Force, DHS CISA, NASA, and um, we're talking to Department of State, of course. Um, we want them to be involved. I don't know what the extent of that partnership will be. And then uh, we even have international government collaborations, the German Aerospace Center, ESA, European Space Agency, and JAXA, the Japanese Space Agency. Have you... So is Elon Musk part of this too then? You have SpaceX? Do you know him personally? I don't. I know one of his competitors though. <laughs> <laughs> well, you hear that, Musk? You need to get over here. We'll have you on the podcast and we'll maybe we'll bring Aaron in to talk, you know, be part of this. But they do have a yeah. pretty good network. It is open source or unclass. All the data they're collecting is not classified. Yeah. But the but I suppose if there was something that needed to get out to everybody quickly that they would I guess nope. spending 20 years of my career in military <clears throat> space, I just, my brain just goes right there. I so don't even think of Dish Network or SpaceX or any of the other I mean, commercial stuff. That's think going think about, because we think a lot about on the military side, obviously we do, but you know, as, as far as the overall space infrastructure is mm -hmm. what she's talking about, it's huge, right? And it's all those pieces. It's the manufacturing, it's the you know, the active components, it's, it is the Amazons and the, their downlink stations and all of that. If you really kind of peel the onion back on space, huge, right? And yeah, it is global. Multi-billion dollar industry. Oh, I assume more than that and globally. Yeah, so. it's going to, globally, it's going to be a trillion dollars by 2040, supposedly. Doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Yeah. And then that doesn't really include the space travel component. So it's based tourism is a whole nother aspect oh, yeah. to the economy. That's billions of dollars. Well, that's the last thing I want to do. If I pay $10 million to get on a spaceship and then uh, somebody hacks the computer on there and sends me to Mars instead of it's the moon. It's like uh, the passenger. Did you see the passenger where he wakes up? They're on their journey out. To Dude, how <laughs> do you watch so much TV? Seriously. <laughs> I don't watch TV. Uh, <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> no, you haven't out. seen the passenger? No. Just smile and nod. Watch is that the, the one passenger they, this weekend. Is that the one where they eat people when, no, the, when the plane crashes? No, no, no. I can't. It's the girl from, oh my gosh, the bow and arrow. Uh, Mocking. Mocking Mockingbird. Mockingbird. Oh. Is that the name? Mocking Jay. Mocking Jay. Yeah. I don't know. That movie. Yes. She's the female Wait. main character. And mm -hmm. then the guy, Chris. Um, Pratt? Uh, no. Yeah, maybe Chris Pratt. Um he, he's the lead actor. Anyways, they're, they're traveling in space. It's a future show. They're traveling in space and they're supposed to be asleep for like years. They're in cryogenic state. He wakes up by act. The computer wakes him up and he's like, he tries to like figure out what to do, but he's years away from like a decade away from where they're going, like going to Jupiter or something like that. And, 
Anyways, I won't tell you the whole story, but yeah, that's... surprise anybody that wanted yeah. to see it. <laughs> <laughs> and they all die. <laughs> it ends with a huge explosion of fireballs in space. No, it's actually a really good movie. Um, it didn't get a lot of great ratings, but it's a good movie. So I, I, I would recommend watching it. Okay. Like, you know, this yeah. Let's get back to Aaron. The well, yeah. that's a perfect segue to what I talk about Space Isaac not being. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I can elaborate on that for you. <laughs> so, because everyone is talking and fantasizing about us, you know, living on Mars and exploring the moon and all that and space isaac isn't actually about exploration necessarily it's i mean in the future yes uh, it will be but right now we are already dependent upon space systems for our services like financial transactions the energy grid actually uses space mm-hmm. systems um, and then our dependency upon communications from space systems so there's a lot that's going on there like you can map all space systems to the national critical functions that DHS has published that uh, we're supposed to be protecting. So we're saying a lot of those things are being provided by terrestrial networks, but we're actually switching to using the space layer network and the terrestrial network in tandem. So satellites and space systems include a node of the terrestrial network that we're not really addressing. If we're just saying, hey, our threats are to, you know, our switches and routers on earth. Right, right. So, so you have the ops center and then you're also going to have a, a lab, correct? Yes. We'll have a cyber vulnerability lab. And who's, how's that going to work? I know the answers to questions. I know, but I'm just asking. So the national cybersecurity <laughs> center operates both of them. We operate the watch center and we operate the lab. And unlike the watch center, then the cyber vulnerability lab is going to be for members to sponsor projects in there and conduct research. We have a lot of resources because we're in the uh, University of Colorado, Colorado Springs building. So we have access to their entire talent pool of researchers. And then Purdue is also a member of Space ISAC. Mm. And so and what are they going to research? What, what, I mean, you had some ideas, right? For what initially they're going to be looking at? Yeah, I have some initial ideas. Uh, I really need to talk to the members before I start going oh. blabbing on about okay. the things that they're going to do in their lab. <laughs> um, but doing testing and doing assessments, uh, Vulnerability assessments is the primary. All focus on all focus on cyber, though, right? No EMP or solar flare. Are you guys looking at that stuff too, or that has to do with? I I think we're going to really start with the cloud aspect of space because the ground stations are moving into the cloud. Like Microsoft is hosting ground stations in the cloud now. Yes, Amazon, Google. So I think that's where our starting place is going to be, and then we'll just grow from there. Okay. That's still amazing. I, I don't know. He, he, I, I have trust you're, issues. You're troubling. You're troubled in this one. I I am. I, it's because I have trust issues. You know, I, 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 Let me talk to your wife. <laughs> you're not the only one. No problems with that. And, <laughs> but I have I have trust issues with with companies having a lot of the capabilities. Um, well, let's switch. talk about that, Aaron. That's actually good. So, how are you as the ISAC? How have you had to deal with that yet? How are you guys dealing with, you know, that is an issue. Like, you know, well, you're not DOD and you're not protect, you know, it's, it's. They don't have their own system. So if they right. don't like you as a customer, AWS, Microsoft, they could literally say, you're done. Shut you off. So right. how, how are you dealing with yeah. the trust issue? You guys talk about that? <laughs> um, so I, well, yes. So I think things are moving commercial and we, I mean, you can't force things backwards. Like 
you can, there are lower barriers to entering into the space economy now because of the advancements of technology. Mm -hmm. So people from the commercial sector are going to be building space systems. We can't change that. Mm -hmm. So the trust factor in space ISAC is mostly centered around the fact that sharing requires trust. So if you're going to share your threats and vulnerabilities, you're going to be open that your space system that you own has threats and vulnerabilities. You have to kind of recognize that so does everyone's like there isn't a single platform that is being built that doesn't have vulnerabilities and also the threats and vulnerabilities to space-based assets are quite similar regardless of what system you're talking about so you don't have to actually identify the system you're speaking about and still talk about trends and patterns associated with space systems and their the risks that need to be managed so in the space ISAC, when we're talking to our members, and right now we're in the process of building our rules of engagement and exercising those, and we are running an exercise where we're expecting commercial and defense to work together to go through a scenario where someone has lost control of their satellite. Mm. And then we're looking at what is the potential that a solar winds type attack caused this to take place and how do people respond? How do they use the ISAC to respond? So I don't know if I really got to heard well, of your question there. Well, I think there's 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 multiple things. That's that's part of it. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I guess I'll go back to and people have heard me talk about this on on air before. Is what we just saw happen with AWS in the cloud? Um, what January February timeframe mm -hmm. when AWS decided they don't like a company that's using their service and then just kicks them off their system or shuts them off, even though they're a paying customer. That to me is one of the biggest threats out there. A company large enough to where even though you're paying them, they have the capability to say, "Yeah, I don't like you." Yeah, but that's not a cyber. Well, I think Space ISAC members could address it, like if, from yeah. a space perspective. Yeah, if they're focusing yeah. on on using them companies as the cloud, AWS cloud for space systems, right, right? That's a huge threat. That 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 is probably that's a threat that I didn't think. It's kind of like nine eleven. We never would have ever imagined a plane flying into buildings and being used as a plane as a weapon. I would have never thought Amazon to stand up and shut somebody off just because they don't agree with their politics. I would have never, ever thought about that. Yeah. And so, I just saw that um, Google is taking a position against a specific country, which we also never really imagined would happen. Like a corporation would have a standpoint like that. Yeah. I mean, so, it's, yeah, I think the space community will have to address this issue now that I understand your question better. So, um, we are not necessarily exercising that because it hasn't come up quite yet. Um, but I think we will be really focused on platform and commodity type solutions that the space community is using. And so this will come up and yeah. Yeah. And we will well, have to work through it. Another aspect is that space systems aren't designated as critical infrastructure by the U S government. No. And since they're not, then there may be implications there. Because in a time like a pandemic, then um, if your company is designated as critical infrastructure, then you get to stay open. So, uh, you know, you're issued a letter where you can still maintain operations. And if you're not, then you have to close down. What do you mean by space systems? Because I would, I, would, uh, I would have assumed GPS would be considered critical infrastructure because no transaction across the world can happen without GPS, right? I mean, unless you use cash, mm -hmm. no ATM transaction transaction is going to happen. So I, I guess that that's the first one that popped in my brain is GPS. So, but you're saying so that would be a national defense uh, critical infrastructure. 
Okay. Because it's covered under the U.S. military because it's owned by the Air Force. But in the event that we're using something that is commercial, that is not being fully funded and stood up by the U.S. military, okay. then you know they're going to have to close down because space systems aren't critical infrastructure. Okay. So. So there was actually a company in California that had to close down during the pandemic. That uh, it turns out they were a critical part of the supply chain, and. <laughs> So well, they had to get permission to reopen. Yeah, I mean, if I if I'm company, if I'm Amazon, right, and I have my own satellites flying, um, if they if I'm forced to shut down, how do you maintain your satellites if if you can't have people operating the ground stations? You could have billions of dollars that are falling out of the sky if you don't maintain that. That's that's actually scary too. Yeah, well, I think the dependency that we're realizing that we have on space systems makes it so you can actually ask the question. Well shouldn't this be considered critical infrastructure and maintained as something that we fund and keep open even in times of crisis? Okay. So, no, no I think we should right just there. keep going. No, we're going to go to a quick break. Okay. 30 seconds. Okay. We'll be right back. Hello, this is James Jordan, founder and CEO of Archer Jordan. We're the leader in providing professionally managed fringe benefit plans to government contractors. Let me ask you a question. Is contract compliance stressing you out? Archer Jordan meets the challenge of ensuring regulatory compliance and maximum cost savings through our flagship program, Aero Contractors Trust. Visit archerjordan.com to schedule a free consultation today. Welcome back to this week's Small Scouts Podcast. This week we have Aaron Miller, who is the Executive Director of Space ISAC with us. Welcome back, Aaron and Dennis. Hey, glad to be here chatting with you all. I am not executive director of the company. No, you're, you're All right, not. anyways, so Aaron, I did want to go to <clears throat> kind of continue this discussion. So you had mentioned the National Cyber Center. So what is your, what's the relationship between the National, well, what is the National Cyber Center, I guess? And then what's your relationship with the ISAC? National Cybersecurity Center is a leader and convener in cybersecurity education and promoting awareness. So uh, NCC has a few different programs that are uh, led by our different program managers. We have a new CEO as of six months ago, General Harry Radigi, retired, and he's been a great leader for this National Cybersecurity Center, our nation's um, ability to promote K-12 cybersecurity education and provide access to resources is coming out of this center. Um, we have an online portal for that, and we also have a program director. We also have another program that is getting a lot of publicity these days. It's a partnership with Google, uh, speaking of cloud providers. So Google is actually partnered with the National Cybersecurity Center to train elected officials on cybersecurity risks, threats, vulnerabilities. Um, it is not quite Why like- Why are you laughing? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, the, the whole, You're Hil the, the me. whole Hillary, Hillary, Hillary Clinton <laughs> oh. Blackberry thing came to mind. It was hitting, hitting with a, with a hammer. So I imagine, as you said, that people just hitting their eyeballs. Well, they're, they're the trying. Oh, this is <laughs> different level yeah. of elected official. Yeah, oh, okay. this is state state government. <laughs> yeah, sorry, but it is kind of the same. Yeah. It's to educate them about what are the cyber threats out what's there. Allowed, what should be thinking? What's not, yes, yes, it is that. It is that. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So if, if if you're part of the elections process, it's really good to know what the cybersecurity risks are and threats that need to be managed because, you know, we want trust in our elections. Sure. So is your hot topic. Um, you <laughs> I know there's more things to it and you might mm -hmm. be getting to it, but is, is your secure the vote work you've been doing? Is that part of that too? That is secure the vote. Yeah. Oh, that so is. that's the okay. next evolution of secure the vote. So that that's 
talking about doing an application on your cell phone to be able to vote, right? Yeah, that's one of the things they came up with uh, in the original Secure the Vote program. And this next iteration is just providing training. So we have um, a whole slew of folks, very well-known names of individuals that are um, coming to the NCC or they're performing you know, virtually a training session that the local elected officials from, so they're local elected officials, but they're not all in Colorado. They're across the whole entire United States and they're getting access to this training so they can learn how to manage their own uh, voting programs, their election programs better. Yeah, I don't, that whole thing, when I talked with NCC last time about Secure the Vote and and the actual application that they're talking about, they did, they done a beta test, I think in Utah or some, mm-hmm. someplace. Um, I, after seeing what I've seen over the past few years, I don't think you could pay me enough to develop that app. Because no, just the because minute, of the politics the, of it. Yeah, because of the politics. The minute something goes wrong, yeah. your company's done. Yeah. Yeah, that's a hard one. Yeah. Definitely hard. But they've been, like you said, they're cracking the nut on it and slowly getting more of the pieces kind of in place of that whole scenario. So, mm-hmm. so secure the vote. Yeah. Well, K-12. just to comment on that, there are a few different companies that have capability to do voting electronically because mm-hmm. it's not like there's one corner on the market that mm-hmm. any one company has. So if you have the ability to stand up a blockchain, then you can do something like that. We know somebody. He's already working on it. I know. Yeah. We know. We're actually we're doing a podcast yeah. with him next week. <laughs> you know a lot of people. Yes. Um, but it's actually a good thing, um, right? I think I think one of the things we got to do is is bring it back to the United States for our voting system. Um, probably not look outside the United States just because that brings a whole nother layer of cybersecurity issues. Um, even if they are partner countries, um, it brings another question into mind if something does go wrong. So, mm-hmm. and I know they've been talking lots of do- lots of different things like that. But well, so cool. So, are you guys located physically with the NCC then? Well, that, so that's, what's your relationship with NCC formally? The NCC operates the Space Isaac. So we op- okay. we are the executive, administrative, and operational capability for Space Isaac. Okay, okay. so you're. It's more than a partnership. They're part of it. They op- We run it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we report, <laughs> I report to the board of directors for Space ISAC. Okay. And um, I also report to the CEO of the National Cybersecurity Center. So I have kind of like two bosses. I've never had that before. <laughs> it's called your wife. You've got like 10. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I might have rounded down a little. <laughs> I wear the pants when she's not home. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> I've talked to your kids. You're I've right. talked I to your daughter. Old daughter. That's right. <laughs> I'm gonna give her the hookup again too. She's getting another caramel macchiato. <laughs> okay. All right, Aaron. So, so um, do tell us a little more about um, how if company if companies. So, tell us about how companies get involved with the ISAC. Let's start there. Okay, that's a good question. So to get involved in space ISAC, then you have to be part of the space sector. There's a lot of companies that we talk to that are kind of borderline space sector. What does sector. that mean? I'm about to tell you. Okay. <laughs> well, because we talk about the ecosystem a lot here, you know, like what's the government mm-hmm. ecosystem? And he comes up with some good ones. But in the end, I, I go, okay, yeah, they are part of it. So. Yeah, so it's kind of hard to not be part of space if you want to be part of space. Um, but you do ha- we do ask companies to put together a justification that explains, you know, how they are an owner-operator of a space system, how they're part of the supply chain, 
um, is one of their customers, one of our members, you know, things like that would help to justify that they are part of the space sector. We, when I say that there's some borderline companies, then I'm talking about a recent uh, interest area that's emerging, which is artificial intelligence, machine learning, and data analytics, mm. because it's very platform centric. You can really apply it to any sector. So if you're trying to get into the space sector, we are open to that discussion. You know, maybe you don't serve the space sector now, but your technology should be serving the space sector. Okay. Then you can join Space ISAC. So, so obviously the people that are manufacturers and builders of technology that's used for space, that's good. What about like, you know, as we get into talking some of these other things, the support elements for space, you know, whether it's, could be all kinds of stuff. I'm, I'm, a know, lawyer for yeah, your space Yeah, that kind of stuff. Is that, you want no. more of a tech company kind of thing? Yeah, we're really looking for companies that are going to have to respond to the threat. So ah, okay. if you, I mean, if you're not really part of the supply chain, you're just a service provider, then we would probably want to explore a little bit further how, why you really would benefit from the information that's being shared in the Space ISAC. So but it's a, really people that are going to be recipients of the information and have a fiduciary response or, to it or something like that. What right? about like a hardware provider? Of something that goes on a satellite. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So the, in order for them to respond to the threat, they have to know about it. Yeah. And so it's important to share that the Space ISAC members are sharing threats and vulnerabilities to hardware and software component level type threats. And I'm guessing they're, they're, they might even bring, be bringing some of that information to you, right? Yes. Sharing, sharing their knowledge with, with the greater ISAC. Exactly. And so, so once we join this, what are the other activities that, um, you know, the company gets from that? Do you have like annual, quarterly, monthly, what, what happens with that? Yeah, we have, I think about 14 different communities of interest, working groups and task forces now. Mm. And so they get to join whichever ones they're most interested in. Uh, there are a couple that are based on the level that they join at. And so they might not be able to join every single one if they didn't join at a high enough level. We do also have the member sharing threat sharing portal I told you about earlier and the threat intel platform. They get to subscribe and join both of those. And there's a certain number of seats that they get depending on what level they join. Uh, if they uh, join now, they can become part of our exercise that's in July. We also have an exercise running in November. So the, the opportunity to get involved in that okay. one is still open. So to start, so st you, you were going down steps. Step one, you need to prove that you have an interest or, or somehow involved with space. What's step two? Application? Step two is submit an application, then we vet them. Okay. Yeah. What, are, what are we looking for cost? Is there certain levels? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the member levels are silver, gold, platinum, and founding. And we do have a small business level. So we're looking for companies that are coming out of an accelerator program. They're very small, like under $3 million of annual revenue. And they're just getting started. Like real small. Yes. <clears throat> I think we need to join. We can talk about that. Me and you? Small. Well, do you have a small company? No. <laughs> Us. Our company. No, we've talked about The stuff that, that I do. Well, we're going to talk after. Okay. Um, so... How do we get, how do, how do companies find you, Aaron? How do they, you know, if I'm, I'm interested now, I want to know more about, one, I want to know more about the ISAC, two, I want to maybe join. So how do I, what, what's Their the website? Route? Well, we have the website, s-isac.org. S? S, like space. I-isac.org. Mm -hmm. And there is a 
our email address on there, I will tell you it is info at s-isac.org. So you can email that to get more info. Also, there's a members page. So if you want to learn more about the membership, the communities of interest, the working groups, the task forces, you can go check that out. And at the bottom, if you're interested, then you can click and fill out the form. And, okay. and if you're Colorado near Colorado Springs, you can visit the National Cyber Center on North Nevada. Yeah, sure. We will host anyone who would like to come visit us. We recently hosted uh, General Dynamics, and we have hosted many people. Parsons Corporation, which recently bought Braxton, so we hosted them. Right, Lots and the small they've hosted the smalls. Yeah, the smalls, yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, nice facilities actually. Very nice facilities. I'm actually where where, <laughs> where are they at in the construction, on the first floor there. They're we're about to start. So we have phase one and phase two of the building complete. And okay. then phase three is what we're about to start, which includes the Space ISAC's headquarters. Where that, that's where they're gonna knock out the wall in between the conference room and, okay. Yes. Yeah. See, I've been there. Yeah, so, I've been actually. there. So Aaron, what, what do you want to um, tell our listening audience that we kind of haven't spoken about already, kind of? Yeah, I think I would just encourage companies to, if you're not involved in space, then start exploring it because there's a lot of different avenues to get involved. And especially people who are trying to figure out what their career trajectory should be. Cybersecurity for space, there's a huge need. Every day, you know, I wake up and think about this issue of cybersecurity for space. And even though Space ISAC is scoped as all threats and all hazards, then cybersecurity continues to, you know, rear up as the big topic that we need to be developing experts and professionals that understand what that even means and what the technologies are behind it. Because when we're talking about traditional cybersecurity, then we're just talking about the terrestrial layer. So mm-hmm. we need people out there who understand terrestrial cybersecurity and space layer cybersecurity. Hmm. That brings me to a whole other bunch of questions, but I don't know if we have time to ask that today. Ask. So so uh, are you working with any of the local, like, um, cybersecurity schools or the universities to focus on space? Because I know, like you said, we typically talk about, you know, the normal terrestrial system, CMMC, if you will. Right. Yeah. Are, are, are you guys faster. working with, you know, to have promote cybersecurity for space as an actual discipline? Kind of discipline? Yeah. We Thank are. You. Yes. Uh, one of our members actually recently met with a university that's another member and talked to them about what type of curriculum gaps they might have. Right. And uh, they developed a course that is specifically for learning uh, digital signal processing and how that interplays with cybersecurity. So uh, there are a lot of people who graduate with an undergraduate degree in space systems and they actually don't learn digital right. signal processing. Right. That's what, yeah, no, I can see that, right? Yeah, so it's becoming much more they go to school need. for cyber and then never once talk about mm-hmm. the space aspect, yeah. Yeah, so we're, we're doing that. We also are forming a workforce community of interest that will bring all of our university members together plus our in private sector companies to have this dialogue on a regular basis on what are the different components of curriculum, what's the CMMC education that needs to be developed for students yeah. that are enrolled in four-year colleges or even two-year community college-type environment so we can you know, build up that workforce and that talent pipeline. And so that is a benefit for universities to join the I'm, Space ISAC. I'm the first to, to throw that acronym out. So CMMC is Cyber Maturity Model Certifications for those. So 
everybody knows what we're talking about now. Not really, <laughs> but at least they'll have the acronym name. <laughs> That's a whole nother podcast. Yes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, we've been, we've done quite a few of them and still, cause it's, there's the government still working through it. So, yeah. Yeah. We have a CMMC task force as well in space ISAC. Cause we view that as a priority for the whole global space community to jump on board with. It's Not just DOD or thinking the whole. Correct. Okay. So Aaron, uh, thank you for coming in today. I, I'm writing down your email web addressing it's s dash isac.org and um, visit the site. This was very interesting. Thank you. And I, I, talking to you, I always learn something new every time and I've talked to you a billion times. So you've got a big brain. <laughs> Thanks, so, <laughs> I don't think our head's that big. <laughs> But seriously, I learned something new every time, which has been amazing. It's actually no, great. It's good. I appreciate I've you coming a lot. in. Yeah. And um, um, there's, we need to do a little more still with, with Aaron with regards will. to some of the other things we're all doing. But we've got, yeah. A, yeah, we've got a ton going on. So, yeah. And the National Cyber Center and keep promoting what you guys are doing. We need to do a better job of that because I think that's, it's one, super important. And two, it's here in Colorado. And I don't know if we give it enough emphasis, I think, within the state. Mm-hmm. Well, we were, but COVID kind of, uh, Brought that down to where we were trying to rebrand the city as the cyber city. That's true. No, I think. Yeah, we didn't even talk about that. We're Cyber Mountain protecting our space assets now. That's right. You guys have a new logo and stuff too, right? Or yeah. Well, it's the chamber developed. The Chamber of Colorado Springs developed the brand for the companies that are here that are doing cybersecurity for space. Yep. So I, I mean, we were all hot and heavy right before COVID hit. Yeah. And it the marketing side of that was going out, but I think, and then at that point is I kind of like lost, I didn't see anything more of it. So I think we're come, we're all coming back, especially after space symposium um, happens again this year. I think we'll all be back yep. in our marketing mode. Yep. Maybe. <laughs> well, not you, so. Dennis. I hope, so. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Well, thank you again, Aaron. Thank you very much for coming on today. And we really appreciate you. Um, and I hope to see you again soon, not another year from now, or in the King Super parking lot. Yeah, let's not wait too long to run into each other and getting groceries. That's right. <laughs> thanks for having me. No, thanks for coming on board. Um, and we'll talk in a little bit here about uh, when you can hear yourself on the radio. Sounds great. Anything else, Dennis? Push the button. No, we're good. Push the button? Yeah, push the button. Okay. Well, with that being said, <laughs> just Nate signing off. See you guys next week. Thanks for listening. listening. You've reached the end of another episode of the Smalls Cast podcast. Connect with us at thesmalls.org. Don't forget to sign up to our newsletter to receive our free materials. See you at the next episode. See you at the next episode.